Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, your guide to the ever-changing world of social media. On today's show, we're going to explore Instagram ads with Amanda Bond. I'm Brian Dixon, news producer for Social Media Examiner. I was recently at Social Media Marketing World, and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. We do something special here at Social Media Examiner. The best of the best of the guests that you hear on the Social Media Marketing Podcast not only teach at our conference, but they're also part of our secret society called the Social Media Marketing Society. Each month, our top-tier guests who have been on my show are invited to train inside our society for an exclusive group of marketers who are just like you. The training is designed to help you go from being a passive consumer of content to a marketer who is in active learning mode. So if you're ready to make real progress with your marketing, you're a perfect fit for the Social Media Marketing Society. Join us by visiting smmarketingsociety.com. We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon, so don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today. I'm so excited to be joined by Amanda Bond, otherwise known as Bond on the internet. Bond, welcome. Well, thank you, man. It has been a while since I've been on Social Media Examiner. I'm so excited to be here and talk all the things ads because I just love them. We're going to have fun. This is a frequently asked about topic when it comes to ads, Facebook ads, Instagram ads, and especially Instagram. Instagram seems to be the thing that people want to talk about. So I know we've got quite a lot to cover all about Instagram ads. But I think the big question out the gate is, is there a big difference between Facebook ads and Instagram ads? Oh, I love this question. And there's definitely two camps. There's the people that say, oh my God, it's such a different beast because it's a different platform. And then there's the camp that says it's literally identical to Facebook because I think the vantage point that they're looking through is the technical elements are all of the same. The way that we set it up in ads manager, the way that we monitor the results, the way that the sales process works behind it, it's all essentially the same. So I happen to be in the camp where Instagram, Facebook, the only true difference that I'm really looking at is that ad creative. And the ad creative is always evolving on both platforms anyways. So I just look at it as part of my job to keep up with those changes, to really see what the humans out there that are consuming our content are interested in so that we can create content that they interact with. And I love it. As I always say, ads only amplify what is or isn't working already. So. So good. Oh, that's such a great mindset too. If it's not working organic, it might not work yeah. as an ad. Exactly. Mm, okay. So what we've noticed from like a news perspective when it comes to the platform of Instagram is that they just keep talking about video. Yeah. Like, this is where it's at. 
What are you seeing out in the field when it comes to Instagram making video priority? Okay, so this question, I actually teach a a social media strategy call every week. And I'm in there, I'm looking at not just the accounts that I'm working on, but different accounts that other people are working on. And every single person hates when I say this. It depends on your business. It depends on your audience. There's no holy grail way to show up in content. It's about how you've cultivated the community of people that see your brand online and engage with you. And as we know, personal brands, content marketers, there's a million and one ways to do that, right? Like a lot of people like direct touch points where it's the belly to belly conversations, which I actually think there's some fascinating things that Instagram could do with the the conversational side of the equation. Versus other people might be really strong at creating content. And therefore, the content side of the equation is what they're focused on. And then they have a less personal connection with that audience. But the audience still feels connected to them because of the body of content that they're creating, right? So depending on what your audience resonates with, there's no right or wrong way to create a Facebook or Instagram ad. And so when I say to everyone, that statement and then tell them, go test everything. That's right. Sometimes it's frustrating because you're like, ah, I just wanted the one thing, Bond. Tell me the one thing. There's no secret sauce. There's not. Make great content, serve your audience well. Do it for long enough that you find the success, you, you observe all of the patterns and it's all there in our data. I'll just do like a little side tangent. Facebook ads, you know, the results Facebook ads only amplify what is or isn't working in all of those other elements. And so we have to look at the data. We have to understand our engagement rates, our click-through rates, our landing page conversion rates, our, you know, add to cart rates, like checkout rates. All of these tools or these conversion rates are a tool to help us understand what we're doing right so that we can do more of that. Mm -hmm. And so for me... The thing that I love about Facebook ads is you have the creative side, then you also have that like data analysis side. And together, that's what makes you that full stack marketer. That's what makes you an epic Facebook advertiser and Instagram advertiser. Yeah, that's so interesting. One thing that I've seen Instagram, they just keep talking about is reels. It's just short form video. It seems like they're trying to do the TikTok thing from an ads perspective, from a marketer's perspective. Should we be paying attention to reels? Should we start doing real ads, real overlay ads? Like there's a lot there. Give us your perspective, at least right now. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm observing a lot of people and their behaviors over on the TikTok platform. And it is one, scary, but two, fascinating, right? Because I'm observing a lot of grown adults losing hours of their life and seemingly not having the ability to like pull themselves out of it, which From a behavioral standpoint, that's a little bit scary. However, from an ad inventory standpoint, the platforms love that because that means that now they can make more money because people are spending more time on the platform. So I see both sides of the equation. I know how I personally interact with the platform. But as advertisers, the fact that a lot of time and attention is shifting towards that specific placement is something to pay attention to because 
If you think about it, the inventory that they have available for the video placement, for Reels placement, is quite high right now because they're prioritizing it. They're encouraging people to create that content. There's a lot of attention on Reels. And where there's a lot of attention, but not enough supply of Facebook ads, what's going to happen is your cost to get in front of those people, your cost for that attention those CPMs are going to be lower because Facebook doesn't necessarily have the creative inventory to fill all those slots right now. So if you're looking for a place to really separate from the crowd, get out front, lower some costs. Now, it depends on the click-through rate. I can't say like get a higher or lower click-through rate over there because it depends on how good or not so well received that real content is. There is an opportunity mm-hmm. for you to play in that sandbox. And I'm fascinated actually by the three formats. I have personal opinions on them, but I don't think I have enough data to like report back on it. But if you're strong at reels already, if there is somebody in the brand, in the company who is a face of that brand doing the reels content where it feels like a native experience to the mm-hmm. user. I highly recommend that because it doesn't feel as disruptive. Now, again, I don't have enough data for the other two formats where there's the static image just on that top right-hand side of the actual mobile experience with that ad. I just have a tip for creators as they're creating reels, consider that that small little placement over on the side might actually have something over top of it. So if you're putting your your Reels captions up on that side because the engagement buttons are on that right-hand side, mm-hmm. if you're putting your captions on the top right, you could have ads served up over it, which would then reduce the user experience as like as somebody consuming your content. Same for then the banner version, which is like a text only where for advertisers, we have to create really strong, succinct headlines to maximize that real estate. But for the creator side of the equation, that just means now almost a third of our screen is going to be taken up by just real estate where whatever is in that part of the video, you'll be able to see it. But if you're ever looking at a TikTok or a reel and they put their captions like right underneath of their description, you're like, why did you do that? I can't read anything. Yeah. Okay. So where would the overlay placement be? So there's the two, right? The overlay is in the top right hand side with a small little, I think square is what they're optimizing for image with a tiny little text underneath of it. And then the other one is a banner right underneath your description. And that's where you want to be punchy and succinct, really work on your copywriting hooks there because you don't have images, you don't have descriptions to support you and people are scrolling fast, right? So you have to maximize that specific placement by, I just personally dislike the auto placement in general, where, where Facebook's like, we'll serve up your ad wherever you want it. So for me, I'm specifically customizing that placement so that it makes sense, so that you're getting the clicks, so that the copy like fits in that tiny little space that you have. That's right. Okay. So my big takeaway there for marketers, especially if you're working at a company or for a brand, 
is you want to be as native as possible with your ad creation, sure. especially if you're doing reels because somebody's scrolling, scrolling. So they're watching a reel, watching a reel, watching a reel, and then they see yours. And if yours feels like it doesn't fit the platform at all, they're out. Yeah, but the opposite, if it feels like it's just another reel, all of a sudden you might have people engaging with your brand in ways that you didn't anticipate, which is a huge plus. Yes, I love it. And then it's also clickable too. Yeah. If you were distilling essentially what I'm focused on right now when running ads mm -hmm. to get better results, it's it's the creative side of the equation. I am so hyper-focused on making more persuasive, more native looking ad experiences so that it feels like it's part of the conversation and not this like abrupt, you know, kind of hit in the face of, oh my gosh, what was that? That was awkward. Yeah. It's so interesting because of the attention span, the, the reels are so short and they're very hooky, right? They're good at having a hook in the beginning. People are so clever. They really are. They've kind of leveled up our ad strategy now because yes. you have to fit in with the gold that's rising to the top right now. Exactly. But then we can also look at what's doing well and take inspiration from that. So, you know, the, the ad swipe files that we've all been collecting for years mm -hmm. as advertisers, now it just includes video formats where you're saving them to like hear, yes. hear how people are doing it so that you know the trends so that you can blend into that. Right. So good. I could definitely talk about that for a lot longer. I know. Me too. <laughs> Let's talk about a new feature that has been recently rolling out for Instagram, which is product tags. So the ability for users to tag a product in an Instagram post and even potentially in an Instagram ad. We kind of went back and forth on like, is this something that we should talk about? But it seems like it's an opportunity. And the question I always like to ask is, does this affect a flower shop? Does this affect the auto repair place? Like the average marketer who's kind of doing the mom and pop thing, like, is this something that we need to care about? Is it something that we need to care about? By all means, if you're going all in, in terms of marketing on that platform, like if that's a business strategic decision that you've made, this could be a tool that helps you achieve objectives. Mm -hmm. I'm so fascinated. There's a place doing amazing content for Instagram and TikTok. It's called, I believe, St. Thomas Market here in Ontario. And it's a farmer's market. And the way that they are showcasing the products, interacting with the vendors, really taking advantage of like trending content is fresh and fun and I'm following along with this farmer's market that I knew of, but never really thought of. And every time I see it, I'm like, oh my God, I wish like, I want to go over there and get an apple pie. I want to yeah. do this, right? So I might not be buying e-commerce, like having that pie delivered to my house. But as somebody who's within a few hours of that experience, when I'm seeing products being tagged, when I'm seeing the descriptions it's definitely having positive brand impressions that might influence my decision to make a trip there. Maybe I'm there this summer in the vicinity and I'm like, I'm going to say Thomas Market, right? So could it be valuable? Yes. You know, if it's not your focus for a business, I always say it's okay to not pay attention to every single feature just because they pop up everywhere. But a lot of people think like only e-commerce stores could benefit from something like that, which isn't the case. There are creative ways that we can use product tagging. Let's think of somebody who creates 
digital downloads. Mm -hmm. So there's no physical product. They have an e-commerce style store, but they're not shipping any physical products, but they're showcasing their digital downloads in their Instagram account. That might be something that you could product tag in that, hey, I was using this specific template on my iPad, for example. Mm. The thing that I'm really digging right now about product tags is the fact that it has that user-generated content ability. And with the client that I'm working with, we're starting to dive more into that branded content partnership tag where other people are sharing their experiences, creating ad content, and tagging the brand in. So I just look at product tags as an extension of that for people who have their Instagram shopping set up. If you don't have that, oh my gosh, off the top of my head, I'm going to completely forget how to go to it. I believe you go to the profile and then in the top right corner Mm -hmm. near the bottom in our like settings, if we click there, that's where you get to set up your Instagram shopping. If you have that and you're approved and it makes sense for your business, there are fun ways that you can interact with your customers, interact with people already creating content about your brand and use that for ads, like amplify it, right? They're sharing a testimony. That's huge for a brand. Yeah, that could be really cool. Especially if you have like an insider group, you have people that are testing your products early, you already have an influencer strategy for your company. Being able to allow other people to tag your products could help spread your message even further, which is what we're going to do with social media. Exactly. I mean, you and I, right before we jumped on live, we're talking about a business author. So Mm -hmm. he's selling books, which doesn't, you know, your mind doesn't think traditional e-commerce expert, like author, that's not something that you're associating with that, but we love the book Profit First. And so you and I were talking about the brand and then we could post it on Instagram and product tag that in if that catalog was set up for us. If people are already connecting about your brand, you should definitely leverage that again, if that's your strategy, because you don't have to take advantage of every single thing out there. So good. We'll get back to Vaughn in just a minute. But if you're looking for something to make your day a little easier at work, maybe you need a new scheduling software or a visual planner. Make sure you check out our list of marketer approved tools and apps to help make your job easier. All you need to do is visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash apps for our app guide, socialmediaexaminer.com slash apps. Make sure you check it out to find what tools might make your day a little easier. All right, Bond. So there's one other change that we want to cover in the show today when it comes to Instagram, and that is this whole additional revenue streams thing. Like Instagram seems like they just want to pay people. So, wow. First question Obviously, it makes sense for creators, but for those that are listening or watching that work for a brand, they work for a company that don't necessarily like just create content for a living, right? They're actually trying to sell products and services. Is this something we need to pay attention to? Oh, by now, I feel like I've said it multiple times. It depends. Depends. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I have so many thoughts about Facebook being late to the game on paying creators, but I'm glad Meta, they're really getting into paying creators because 
for us to spend our time and attention for people to want to continue sinking their advertising dollars from the company into the platform. Like we need to keep that attention and what keeps attention other than really great content experiences. So if your main goal is not to create content, is this something that you need to be paying attention to? Realistically, I would say no. Like if you don't have the resources to consistently create quality content, because us creators know that like creating quality content that gets attention that people want to interact with, creating a personal brand is a very bandwidth intense experience. Mm-hmm. Is it like gratifying by beyond all belief? Yes, because you get to create something. Connect with people. You get to connect with people and put ourselves out there. And I mean, I just look at all the things that I've created as a result of it, these conversations that we get to have together. And I'm like, man, this is a pretty cool life being a creator. But does every single person need to monetize their business in that way? No. You can just use Facebook ads that are static images if that's what works for your brand and it's getting results. You could just use SEO. You know, you could just use in-person referrals. You could just use foot traffic. So this is just another monetization option if you're already monetizing through content, that's who I believe that this is the opportunity is really for. Because week in and week out, I see creators who just kind of half put themselves into the project. And then when the results fall flat, they're discouraged. And it's like, oh, being a creator is really a full-time effort, right? Like you need to continue to up-level the quality of content that you're putting out there. You Mm -hmm. need to win those community members one person at a time, one live stream at a time, one post at a time, and spend time cultivating that community and showing up to the conversation. So this is a specific reward for people whose business models center around content that might be primary to having alternative sales processes in their business. So if you have products, services, online courses, different ways to monetize, and you're already creating content, could you get a slice of the creator pie? For sure, but it might be a much smaller percentage of that revenue if Mm -hmm. your other sales processes are strong. But if you don't have that secondary like revenue stream, this is a great opportunity, yep. but you also have to measure against the other platforms too. That's right. So I think just to kind of loop everybody in, when it comes to the opportunities that are there, we'll, we'll make sure we post the link as well for those that are on, on YouTube. But for those listening to the podcast, just to let you know, the opportunities that Instagram's rolled out recently, they're subscriptions where literally somebody could pay you $3, $5, 20 bucks a month to get like a pro level insight into your Instagram account, which is, I think that could be interesting. So we can talk about that if you want to. They're also paying for live badges. So a certain number of times going live, a certain amount of length going live. So imagine your company going live on Instagram, hitting milestones. And then the third one really is about real creation. They put a lot of money into like a creator fund for reels, but I could see a company creating reels and, and getting paid some revenue, maybe just to fund that arm of the business. 
So Bond, anything in there that you wanted to dive into when it comes to companies? Yeah. So just the real side of the equation, I do recommend that people go find companies to follow and observe what they're doing with reels. There's a smaller amount of companies versus personal brands doing it well, but there's people out there talking about things the entire spectrum. There's people out there that own construction companies that have to operate within a specific geographic area that are crushing it with reels. Like I'm so fascinated by the cleverness of humans because of the different content that they are creating. So there's tons of opportunity out there. I'm really digging the subscription with Instagram because first they rolled it out with Facebook and they were testing that with different creators. I actually knew a creator that was in the beta group for the Facebook subscriptions and they were loving the experience. Like what I think is most fascinating about subscriptions for Instagram is that it all happens in app. So if you are spending as a creator, as a brand, a lot of time focused on creating content for the app, you don't really have to change much in your workflow other than just say that this piece of content is exclusively for your paying subscribers. So you still live stream in the exact same way. You would plan that content out in the exact same way. You still can create stories in the exact same way. You can still create posts in the exact same way. You just now have the ability to have a select group of people who you're speaking with now identify as people who are subscribed to your brand, to your account. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we all have groups of evangelists, let's say, within our community. I just think this is an awesome way to identify who those are so that we can focus on getting feedback from them and engaging in conversation. Yes. So I'm digging the subscription over there. Yeah, it's really interesting. I agree with you. I think the subscription is the opportunity for brands and specifically think about what's behind a paywall right now. So maybe you already have a course or maybe there's a certification for your product or something like that. Could you bring some of that content outside of the, the paywall, but it's still behind a paywall. It's just Instagram's paywall now and build up that subscription. That could be really interesting. Yeah. And people are already there. So they're not having to like go over to Patreon and get onto another platform, go to circle, like go off to other places that they're not like they're receiving that content where they already are hanging out, which would also lead to a higher engagement rate. hundred percent. If it's just being fed to them where they already are, they're going to consume more of that content. You also think about the algorithm too. Like one of the critiques of posting on Instagram is that not all your followers see it, but if they're paying to see it, they're more likely to see it, at least in theory. Yeah, fair. Yeah. Well, so interesting. Well, if you're looking for more tools or software to help make your life easier, make sure you check out socialmediaexaminer.com slash apps. And if you want to add another podcast to your listening lineup, check out Mike Stelzner's Social Media Marketing Podcast. Well, Bon, this has been great. Where can people learn more about you? I mean, (laughs) I actually don't spend a whole lot of time on social media myself, which is hilarious because I'm in the back there just maneuvering ads like crazy. You can come on over to my Facebook page. Actually, that's where I spend a lot of a lot of my time at facebook.com forward slash the ad strategist. Or if Insta is your platform of choice, it's the same handle, the ad strategist. I'm over there occasionally as well. 
I love it. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. And remember, until next time, that with smart marketing, you can compete with the largest players in your industry. So go make a difference today. The Social Media Marketing Talk Show is a Social Media Examiner production. For more social media insight, visit socialmediaexaminer.com. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.